1: They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Just starting to
0: believe a little bit. Well, Hoylert's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into
2: an area. Keo Zamora!
3: Unbelievable! From the
0: very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora...
1: So scored another playoff winner hello and
3: welcome to another episode of the w12 podcast um, we're on episode 12 now I'm told um, we haven't done one for a while um, so we've got lots to chat about um, today we are joined by dunk you done everyone this season and last season mate Mr. consistency. British what Chief. player would you be? What QPR player would you be if you were... Uh, oh, it's easy. Br-
0: Br- Bristol City's match winner, Mr Barbe. That's who I'd be. Just bringing in some little French suaveness to the podcast, mate. That's me.
3: <laughs> just quickly, just quickly. You know when he... When, I don't know if anyone saw it. You know when they did the video of and, and him he, and he sounded like a little boy, a little London boy? I don't know if you saw it. Did you see it? I you see it. Yeah. yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's very French. Anyway... Who else, we got Ollie. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Good, that oh, beard's coming on. you really starting to look like a trucker, mate. An American trucker. I, know, I
2: need to sort it out, do not <laughs> I? And the trim, it's just as bad, mate.
3: Fair enough. Have we got Jack on? Jack, what is it? Number two now? You've
4: been
2: on, yeah. Sporadic
4: uh, performances. Andre Gray, I think would be mine. Yeah. That'd be yours, <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Ollie, who would you be, mate? Uh, oh. Jeez, Paul <laughs> uh, you know, comes on and starts every now and then when people yeah. don't really want him there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Probably. We'll call yeah, you that. Mate. <laughs> we'll call you that.
3: Cool. All right. Well,
2: look, let's get going then. What should we? Let, I mean,
3: we've got lots to chat about, but um, we'll chat about the, um, the the two the two games recently, uh, Bristol City and Birmingham. Let's start with Bristol City. Um, really good win. Um, I feel like both performances were pretty similar in relation to how we played and set out, and didn't play particularly well. Um, Well, I won't say particularly well. We didn't create as many chances as we normally create, Um, but pretty solid, um, and yeah, managed to get the win in the end. Doug, what do you reckon?
0: Oh yeah. So I was saying, first half we were diabolical, awful. Like we could have been three, four 0 down. Senidien kept us in the game.
3: Really? I think we started quite poorly. Did the first the first twenty minutes? We weren't great, but I feel like we grew into the game. Once we got going, I, I, I always thought we were going to grab a goal, and once we got it, I always thought we were going to we, we were going to win. I mean, the red card. I actually thought the red card sort of I don't know, Bristol City. It kind of picked them up a bit, and I
2: thought they were 15 then. Um, I don't know what anyone else's thoughts are, really. I think, again, in the first half, we just let those attackers just take advantage of us again. You know, I think this season we've struggled with creative, quick attackers. Like, what is it? Semenyo, is it? Is it Semenyo? Who am I thinking of? The attacking yeah. uh, left winger. He, taught, he, he ran rings around us. He ran rings around us. And again, I think. The way the way that we play with with the wing backs is they're so far forward constantly. Bar maybe Wallace, and we keep getting caught out on that right hand side, and that's that's the problem. But I think in the second half, I I don't even think. To to be honest, I thought we were quite quite poor, quite fortunate because even though even we went down to ten men, when the sorry day went down to ten men, we just we still were the second best team. I just. It wasn't convincing again, and that's co- consistently not convincing wins. I wasn't impressed. It was lucky, massively lucky. <clears throat> were well, you about the Bristol City game, buddy? Yeah,
3: yeah. Jack, which side yeah. of the fence are you on, mate?
4: I'm kind of agreeing with Duncan. Like, in the first yeah. 25 minutes, I, I thought we were, you know, all over the place. I thought Bristol City started like a house on fire, and I thought if it went for the end, would you know, we'd be in, like, banging trouble. The goal was a little fluky with the deflection, but, like, I thought they could easily have had a couple more. But, uh, no, I think credit to the team. I mean, even when they've got players missing and everything, the character they're showing to, like, dig out these wins away from home is fantastic, you know. And I had a look, you know, our goals came in first half and second half stoppage time, which is quite a rare occurrence, really. Last time we did that was against Charlton in 2016, where El Kayati scored a bit of a... Decent goal right at the end to win 21, which you all remember. But, you know, from goals scored in the last 10 minutes, we've won more points than any other championship team this season. Ten points from goals in the last 10 minutes. And we, but the thing is, we only scored six goals. So each goal has been really decisive, from Austin's equaliser at Barnsley to Amos against Huddersfield, and then obviously Barbe, for example, against Bristol City. So, you know, as much as we're not playing the free-flowing football at the moment, Picking up points when we're not playing too well is a great sign for the rest of the season.
3: I guess there's going to be games, isn't there, where we where um, we aren't always at our best and we aren't always performing, but we grind. As long as we're grinding out the results, I guess that's is that. Not the main thing because I, I tell you what, there's so many times that we've played really well, dominated games, and not come away with anything or a point or you know it's the teams because the other teams have scored a 90th minute equalizer or a winner. So you know, I kind of think that. Always like a side of a good side, a side that doesn't play great, but can manage to 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 get us over the line. I don't know if you saw that Warburton thing where he shouted out in the dressing room, find a way. Um, mm-hmm. It feels like that's really instilled in this team. I don't, I don't
2: know what everyone else thinks. It kind yeah. of reminds me of the Redniff era a bit, a little bit. You know, and when we're in the championship with him, I don't feel like. You know, we had some good wins, but I don't feel like we were that great. I mean, when look at the Derby game. We just kept going and going. And I think it takes a certain type of manager to be able to get his team up and start, you know, I, I don't mind how we win as long as we win. At the moment, it seems like we're, as much as we're not maybe performing as well as we could in the pitch, I think it's the fight and the grit that, that we have that's really helping us. And, yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sit here and say that we've been poor. in in recent games but we've had the grit and as long as we're grinding out the results I don't mind I don't mind
0: what what worries me is the fact that it's good to grind out results but you can't do that for a sustained period in any league like we need to start getting our form back because otherwise we will be grinding out results we'll just grind to a halt and then we actually we'll start dropping points and then at the minute we're kind of in a okay little kind of bubble I mean, the minute. We're a few points like in the playoffs. Like, the teams below us aren't that close to us. They need to win a couple of games over us. And we're only a couple of points away from like West Brom, Blackburn, who are a couple of places above us. So we're in a good little position. We need to push on, really, and actually get our form kicking in and then start winning games like dominantly.
3: I sort of back playing... A lot of it, I think he played 90 minutes in both games. I can't remember, but he definitely yeah. got a lot of minutes in and looked a bit more yeah. sharper. And, um, you know, him being right in the center midfield as well sometimes, I don't know, it was good to see him back. I want to talk about the center midfield in a bit actually, but just quickly, I want to touch on Birmingham. What were your views on that, Jack?
4: Yeah, again, similar, very few shots, and like you know real clear-cut ch- chances for us. We, we had little fits and spurts, didn't we, where as soon as we got the ball moving quickly, we opened them up at will. But we just didn't seem to do that many times in the game, which is kind of going along with what Duncan said. When you've got your form and your full flow in you sustain periods like this where you're going to get several goals at a time. But, no, I, again, I, I think it was good for Willock um, to maybe step up in this game because it's been a bit quiet in a couple of performances, Bournemouth, Stoke, Stoke. Um, but it was good to see him. That was a fantastic goal. I mean, it has gone a bit viral on Twitter. Everyone like, And he says various articles about him today and the Athletic and his career. So his stock's certainly on the rise. But to win without chair, for Willie to step up and be the main guy, I mean, that, that can only bode well. And we're going to need him to play like that a bit more this month. Because, you know, obviously without chair and a few others, but... Yeah, I mean a scoring, that's the 13th different goal scorer for QPR this season. That's no championship side's got a more like a, a bigger array of goal scorers and QPR, which everyone's chipping in, which is good to see. We're not relying on any one player. But um and our away form, I mean, Warburton's won 21 away games in 58, which you know gets more than Eustace, McLaren, Holloway, Hasselbank, Warnock, Ramsey combined, you know, in a hundred games. So those various predecessors. So Big credit to them that you, you fancy them whoever they go to away from home now nowadays. So, no, I think it was a it was a big win, good to back, good to get bats back wins after the Bournemouth game and sets us up nicely really for the rest of the month.
3: Doug, do you think that that we we didn't have chair or Johansson at Birmingham and, and my view was that I thought that that this. Our ball, we you know when we recycle the ball, we're just not there. That we we kind of miss that field. And Amos for a bit more of the, the you know the pressing, you know intercepting. But when it comes to getting the ball down, they're not the greatest. And I just felt like that was probably one of the reasons why Birmingham actually had more of the ball If not in um, the game, the majority of the game.
0: Yeah, I can see where you're coming from with it. I think. The Chair is our ball carrier, isn't he? Like he's the one of the players who will do like a little half turn on the on like halfway line and take a few players on, run at people. Uh, we've mentioned previously, like privately, me and you, Ben, about Chris Willock not being as effective without Chair sometimes. He doesn't necessarily dominate the game when he's on his own, and I feel like he needs to step up in this next period without Chair and be that kind of link in where he's the one picking the ball up and carrying us up the pitch.
3: Mm. What do you think,
2: Ollie? I, I like that performance. I think we did the things that we needed to do. You know, we isolated Deanny. He couldn't get anywhere near him. Dunn was just, I think Dunn was outstanding in that game. Again, another Jimmy Dunn performance that really does just show how good of a pickup he was. But no, I thought I thought we did well. Yeah, as you said, we had less possession. I think I saw a stat on um, Twitter. It's 41% possession we have, which is the joint lowest we've had this season. and um, you know, we allowed them to have the possession, but it was deep in their own half. You know, we never we didn't allow them to play in the way that Bristol didn't get up that pitch. And you know, I think we had done well. We was we were doing all right on the right hand side again as well. I stated I was quite impressed with that. To be fair, I thought it was a really good performance. It actually looked like we were a top six team the way we were controlling the play, etc. <clears throat> Jimmy, Dunn, yeah, I, love- I
3: mean, just. Quickly, I, just want to, I need two seconds, Jack. I wanted to mention about Jimmy Dunn. I've got him down here, but I mean, wow. What? I mean, he looks he looks solid. He looks like he's grown with every game. He just looks like but he looks like a proper leader, doesn't he? I know he's not the captain, but he looks like he's someone who will just be in your ear all game, like telling you what to do. And, and he wins every header, like every header. <laughs> um, and if he just, had, I just feel something, if he's just that little bit quicker, he would be brilliant. Like he'd just be the best defender. But I just think sometimes he gets caught out because he's quite... Sort of tall, is And turns, I just think sometimes, but um, what
4: side he's been? Yeah, I think he's been like probably one of our signings of you know pickups of the season. I mean, and he's grown in and he's had to probably step in a bit sooner than was probably planned with device's injury. But done, he fills that physical middle center back role really well. And as you say, wins everything in the air to grow him with every game. I think he's, he's becoming a fans' favorite pretty fast, isn't he? I'm a, Massively. No, I I just think, what's his value now? Like, he must be shooting up as well, you know, with Dickie, all these players that are just coming here and just increasing their value, developing nicely. I mean, it's an attractive club to come to. Do you think that centre centre
3: of the three, do you think it's like, look, you're well protected, though, or not? I saw something, I saw someone... And it kind of made me think a little bit. I did agree with him, but it kind of made me think that when you're in that central central role, you've got the two centre-backs next to you and you're kind of protected a little bit if you don't win a header or if you don't... I don't know what you thought of that. So I don't know why, you know, Jordy looked really good in there as well, didn't he? And, 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 and Masterson's looked okay in there as well. i just... Or giving Barbe and Dicky enough credit was, I guess, the point that the guy was trying to make. But Yeah, I don't
4: think Barbe gets enough credit, actually. I think he's, he's an unsung hero. He's so dependable yeah. now compared to when he first joined. And he, his you know, left-footed player you know, of that quality, a ball-playing centre-back, is also a pretty solid defender. He's not the slowest, either. He's not terribly slow. Mm. Um, he's the quicker of the three. Um is invaluable, really. So I, I'm curious to know what they're going to do with his contract because I think it runs out in the end of the season, and we see various message board rooms that he's back off to France or is he staying? We don't know, do we? I don't think they really deal with contracts until the second half of the season, anyway. But I'd love, I'd love him to stay a bit longer.
2: Yeah, Les said that um, they'll be looking into the contracts at the end of the season, didn't they? I think I think it. I I wonder whether it's if depend on where we finish at the end of the season. You know, if we get promoted, I think there will be some players that, you know, if we were in a championship, they would extend. Um, but if we go up to the Premier League, we might get rid of. But I think we've got we we've got to prioritize Barbay and the contract. So and Wallace actually as well.
4: You'd give both Wallace and the Doma extensions at their age.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'll give them another year. Yeah. I, th- I think you're right though. I
0: think it depends what happens at the end of the season because as much as I like Wallace at the minute, I don't think he'd make the step up now at his age in the Premier League. And it would yeah. be then just signing him onto a contract for the sake of it, whereas we could use, say, that 15000 a week and put it towards getting any better, younger left-back in that would be suited for the Premier League if we get up.
3: Yeah. So, I know we've had a bit Everyone's probably seen it around for Forest today. Um, strange because I was really looking for, I really come around to that signing. At first, I was a bit like, oh, maybe not. And then I found out he was only 30. I don't know why I thought he was like 50. Um, <laughs> and I watched a couple of highlights and I thought, and Bournemouth fans absolutely love him. So I thought, oh, maybe that is a good signing. Let's, let's, you know, give us a bit of experience. And then he decided the next hour to go and join another club. I mean, is it, is it, wow, well, I suppose we're not bothered really at the end
2: of the day, are we? Again, it's Forrest and their obsession with following QPR's contract, the transfer business. It just happens every year. You know, I, I literally was going to put a joke tweet out that, that when we were on the brink, I was going to put a, a joke out saying, oh, yeah, Forrest will be in for him next, and it goes and happens. And, you know, it's the same when we were linked to that Sutar. All of a sudden, uh, Forest are in for him as well. So they just love the Warburton transfer business didn't they but again if you didn't want to come to the club then that's fine money talks in my opinion
3: Forest have got to be close to some sort of FFP FFP, FFP they? oh. they've got, I, don't, I swear they just buy They've got, didn't they have like 50, 50 players on their books The summer also? I just anyway, anyway I, was, I know clubs are getting caught out aren't they like Reading and Derby is catching up with them but I can't imagine Forest I mean, Bristol City are going to be in yeah in, I
0: saw so. that yeah, at Bristol
3: City yeah, that takes me on to, obviously, the other rumour, which is around Casey Palmer, that not seen too much about him. I know when he was younger, he was he was a real talent, but he hasn't developed well. I, 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 my personal is I kind of like it. He's not better than Cher, but he can come in for a month, try and prove himself. But he doesn't have a great reputation at Bristol City. What do you think on that, Jack?
4: Yeah, I think it could be quite an astute sign-in in the sense that he's 24 He's not played, he only started one league game this season. So the fitness could be an issue. Is he, is he going to come in and hit the ground running? Probably not. It might take a few weeks to get up to speed. But I think he could be a player that slots in that, that little chair of Willock, you know, two man behind the striker, you know, position. I think he would be an upgrade on Thomas, but as you say, not quite at the level of chair and Willock. So I think he could be a good bench a good player to bring on, potentially start when we need to rotate um well, I, I don't know is it a loan or is it a view to buy or is it a, a nominal fee kind of thing i don't know but i know bristol city need to get wages off the books but yeah i think it'd be a good signing cook i'm i'm not as worried um turns 31 some point isn't he this year two-year deal and i would i he would have been good if he I, he's probably promised first team football and a bit more money at forest and that's probably you know let's, let's be honest why he's gone we we don't need to break the bank for anyone right now, do we? We just stay within our structure, pick up players. I'm sure they've got more targets lined up. Um, Warburton did say he wants a centre back. So I, d- I don't know if we're going to keep Masterson around. Maybe he's going to go back out on line. But uh, yeah, no, I think that you know, plenty more fish in the sea. Um, what do you think we need this window? Dave? Uh, for me, I think it's still our right wing back position.
0: So I, I know Adoma got his goal um, against Birmingham, mm-hmm. but also it was that position again, where Birmingham got their goal, we always seem to be really open on that right-hand side of our defence. And for me, Adoma, he, he, I love him, but he's not a ring-back. Like, I'd rather see him a bit further forward and have someone else in behind him who's actually a defender at like, first, but an attacking defender. The only I've got with
1: champion. that is, is
3: that I kind of agree one one end, one part of my head saying, Yeah, I do kind of get it, because we are constantly caught out down that right hand side and it puts Dickie under a lot of pressure and it makes him look probably worse than he is. But but what he gives us going forward and what he gives us as an experience and and, and he's our fastest player, really, no those really he's literally our quickest player and his delivery is is pretty good. It's not great, but it you know, it is pretty good. I just feel like we lose. When we've not played, we really miss him. And if Moses was to come in, for example, and play instead of him, I still feel like we would lose something more than we'd gain. If that makes sense. Um, but I kind of get the point that we probably do, especially in the big games, need a proper right wing back, maybe. Don't know what
2: any other thoughts. I would like to see us bring in a couple of forwards, as in obviously Palmer uh, is it Palmer? Am I thinking the right yeah. person? Yes, Palmer. I would, I would take him. He personifies Mark Orbison signing, you know, bringing in someone that's not been playing or has the talent but doesn't have the, 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 you know, the experience in terms of having good seasons the past few years. He, he, he isn't exactly the type of player that Mark Orbison can turn into someone that is really valuable to us. But for me, forwards, I mean, I've just seen the post from Sean Gallagher, the former journalist or. Said that um, we're pressing to get another forward in and another chair replacement. So I think we need a wing back. I think we need another striker because Dykes isn't scoring. Austin's not scoring. Uh, Palmer would do, but I think as well we need we need just a bench warmer. You know, like a young hungry player. That's that's we can be wrong because our bench the other day was diabolical. It's awful. And that's, just, you know, we look at the bench and when your only attacking player is George Thomas, no disrespect to him, but he's not played at all. It's, it's, it's concerning. Like, I know we've got injuries, etc., but get some depth in attacks and pace on the bench. you know what I mean? Sinclair Armstrong. I, I, still think I still
3: think we need some defenders, personally. My view is that we're still short. A couple of injuries at the back and we're in real trouble. You know, Dickey, Barbe, um, you know... Another injury to Wallace, and, and, and you know, I, I don't know what we do or where we go. What do you think, Jack?
4: Yeah, I agree. I think it's almost like you need three wing backs per side with the current COVID and it, like injury situation because it's such a demanding position. They they're dropping like flies and all at the same time. But you know, I don't know when McCallum's scheduled to be back. Same with Oddabadjo, but there will be welcome returns. I assume we're going to keep. McCann McCann for the rest of the season. So we might not sign a left wing back. Hammer Linen's knocking about now, isn't he? He's back from oh, alone. God. I mean, never particularly him. But fill the bench if you're really desperate. No, again, no disrespect. <laughs> to him, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think we need pace in the team. I think we are we're very one paced. Um my only criticism Willett's got a bit of pace, um, but yeah, down the sides. I don't think we were blessed with pace, and I think a striker to get getting behind. Andre Gray is that type of guy, but hasn't stayed fit. Um Been quite effective when he's played, but yeah, is there a young striker coming through? I know you mentioned Sinclair Armstrong. He did quite well at Torquay. Bold accounts a couple mm. of goals, a few ruled out as well, some unfairly. So you know, he, he, he you know. They really enjoyed his performances, but maybe he's a little raw still. He's only, what, 18 still?
2: 18,
4: yeah. Yeah, so, but he sounds exciting. Maybe they've brought him back to loan him to a higher division. Maybe that's the plan, and then he might be, oh, yeah. you know, we don't know. So, but
3: I'll, That brings me on to my next point, actually, which was about the loans out and the, and the whole loan system itself. Just a couple of points. was you know, It feels like loans are changing a little bit. I feel what players are getting recalled and sent to bigger clubs or other clubs, even though there's agreement in place for the year, they've got that recall and if you like and I think clubs are really utilising it now or well, whatever I saw Middlesbrough try to recall that expense and Forrest had to pay more of his wages and another fee to keep him yeah, to yeah, renegotiate uh, terms. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I just felt like loans are just now just the, the, like the 12 month loan it's not really ever... well, anyway, it is, but if you if, if a player does so well for you, you this happened to us a couple of times, hasn't it with with, with players like Naki Wells a couple of others that, that but they get recalled because they've done so well and get sold to someone higher up. Yeah, you know that Swansea player's gone to Bournemouth, from, yeah. Oh, mean, like the man you might is it Laird, Laird? Yeah. Yeah. Laird like yeah. Player. yeah, but they've literally just set him up the league, and I just feel like it's a bit of a um my field at the moment. I mean, you look at our loans, that's just the reason I want to talk about this. I mean, it's, it's started off quite well, but if you look at it now, they haven't really done too well as a, as a package. You look at Masterson, Cambridge could have could have kept him. I listen, I read the, what the manager said and he said that we've decided not to keep him because of whatever reasons. Wynard well, hasn't scored in 11 games after his Jaffa Cake comment. He's scored one in 11 games. His <laughs> fans are back on his back, yeah. has not playing at Oldham. Um, Kelman, we know about Kelman. Nico didn't have the greatest of times at LA, I sort of Red. So, yeah. I mean, these were our future, aren't they? Yeah, a lot of it's, it's down to, like, management management
0: style, isn't it? Like, we know that, Patash, we know, we know that, is, that Patash is a good little player... But if he's not playing in a technical team and it's like a long ball direct kind of team, he ain't going to do anything, is he? He needs to be in a team that's going to have the ball on the deck and passing it around.
4: Yeah, I think like Masterson started off quite well, didn't he? he you know, he's come back having played what 21 games for Cambridge, which is not a bad half season return. He's probably learned quite a bit. Doesn't sound like he's ready for our first team, though. Um, which is kind of going along with your point. Are these loans been are they have they been beneficial on the whole? And looking at the the four young lads in the football league, Masterson, Patash, Kelman, Bansom, McNulty, not too sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've you know, they've all kind of come back already. So no, I I wouldn't keep I wouldn't recall Bon either. Um, I'd leave him there. Um, what would you do with Bon? I know we spoke about it before, but now he's not scoring for a lot of games. I've always been the
3: one as if he's scoring goals, bring him back because you know yeah. a striker scoring goals is val- you know is, is, is as valuable as anyone. Yeah, he's not scoring though. No, I know, and, and he, I mean you know he's done that stupid interview which is which, which you know it, it, it's affected. Well, oh, I think he got too cocky. I don't know, but he hasn't scored in eleven. Goals. I saw his miss the other day as well, which was a typical bomb miss as well. I don't know if you saw it. Um, so we did. I mean, you kind of wanted to score because you want to stock as high as possible if you want to sell him. Um, so let's just hope he regains his form and, and, and we we'll just keep him there, I guess.
4: I've got high hopes for Masterson, though. I think if we can get him back out on loan, mm-hmm. if, I mean, if we can't sign a centre back, then maybe we have to keep him uh, like, as a squad, needs must and all that. But. No, hopefully he gets another line and gets a bit more football. Because I think he could be someone that knocks on the first team door next season. Same for Tash. I think they're
2: both good players. Yeah. I thought Marcel looked good when he had that spell in the first team for us. It surprised me that he ended up falling off and going out. Because when he first joined and he started playing, I quite liked him. And I thought the style of play that we had, he looked quite good. So it's a shame. A lot of the fans say that he was quite a good quite a good defender. But something's going on. And it seems to always be of all loans that they just don't work out as well. You know, it's like Smythe, He looked alright when he came into the team yeah. for us. Goes out on loan, does alright. Comes back, gets shipped off to Dayton Orient. So, I, I, um, I,
3: do, I always think that this is a, There's a. Um, I was just listening to Talk Sport earlier about um, about uh, Manchester United and about some of the players. It's about kicking on, isn't it? You, you know, it's great coming in. I'm showing that you've got the qualities, um, and you know, fans are on your side because you, you know your home ground. You're young, but. You've got to kick on, haven't you? you know, like players like Cher and Easy have managed to do it and Furlong. But I guess it's a, i think it's it's a much bigger jump than you think it is. It's it's okay coming in and playing one game, half a game, two games maybe. But I just find that when you've got a whole season or even when you're playing more games, the pressure's on a bit and, and, and some players unfortunately just don't make it.
4: It's like Warburton says, doesn't he, quite often. He's been saying it recently, doing the rounds and talk sport and stuff, talking about young players being thrown in because of the COVID situation at squads and they've got to be ready, Is what his, his line is. And yeah, I, th- I think that that's it. They've got to be ready. Players like Sinclair Armstrong and, you know, a couple of years ago, it's Paul Smith that came in and did the business. They, as you say, they come in, but then they've got to rise for that challenge week in, week out, and sometimes they're just not ready and they need to develop at a lower level, but... Um, I think there's some prospects. It's just managing their lines and make sure they get the right ones. Cause I don't think, for example, Batash at Oldham was a particularly clever one right. with the style of play and the,
3: the the level of football. But maybe they were the only team in for him. Don't know, do we? You know. No, so, Doug have we've had we some conversations separately about the strikers and about it's it's just you know what everyone's views are of them. I've got a really positive Charlie Austin view at the moment of the last few games he's played i feel like he's done okay or better than okay i feel like he's done really well okay he's not scored open play goals you know goals and but i just feel for the team oh, yeah as so, you know luton he, he scored but you know dollex is off off of form Andre gray you can never get him fit like he plays one game and then he goes missing for three and then he's back for one and then he's missing for three we just, I think what we're missing this season is just a striker who can play week in, week out, who's going to score every other week. And we, Austin, and whoever the other striker is, can, two strikers can just come in every now and again, rotate, maybe two up top. But you, you've got this consistent striker up there. And we just can't find it, can we? I don't know what anyone's views are on that.
0: No, but I think that's why strikers are so expensive in the transfer market. Because getting that player who's going to score you what you said the goal every other game, that's what, 2021 20, a season? Like, how many players in the championship are going to score that many this season? Okay, I know Mitrovic is up there, but he's a cheap code in the league. Uh, Berris and Diaz, like, he acts a fluke this year. He's not scored anything near what he has this year. Any other year, like, yeah, like Salanki, like, yeah. will
3: eighteen million pound worth of talent here. So, but these like, are the clubs we're competing against. Exactly, the, you but know, the, the clubs but, around us that we don't have that. So yeah, when the got, you know. Yeah, but
0: we paid two million for Dykes. Blackburn paid ten million, wasn't it? That's so like ten million for Diaz, and he's only now scoring goals. Solanke, eighteen million. Yeah. Like, we haven't got that money to spend on one player. And if we did, he's who would you buy? As who, well. who would you buy for ten million as a striker that's going to score twenty goals?
3: I just feel like sure they've got the quality. These three, we've got quality to get. 30 goals at you know, 30 goals between them, 25 goals, but at the moment it's not really working on them, just, I wouldn't say concerned, but, you know, I'm, I'm sat here saying Austin did really well, but I think that I'm saying that because we've just not seen enough from them, and that to, to us, or to me, is a good performance, but really, actually, I just want him scoring goals, I don't want him passing it 30 yards across the pitch. Or yeah, assisting then, Chris Willick. You know what I mean? I and then,
0: like Jack's know. mentioned earlier, like the fact that we've got thirteen different goal scorers, which is pro- oh, what you said it was a league high. Like we're getting the goals somehow. That's a good thing. Is that's a positive. Is that we're getting goals. It's not like we're relying on a striker who's now not scoring. We are still picking up goals from all over the pitch. Like as um, Chris Willick's got our, mo- our most goals and assists this year, hasn't he? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. So like we, he, and he's not going anywhere. At the minute, so he's still with him. So I think it just like you know we just need someone up front to hit form and we'll be fine. And I think that's the problem is that all three of our strikers at the minute aren't really hitting four.
4: I think it would be good to see um Austin and Dykes start back together now and have Willock in behind because I and them two play well as a pair, Dykes and Austin. And I, I hold a you know a fair bit of hope that once they're back on the pitch, starting three or four games in a row if they can manage in the current schedule, I think you might see some more goals from them. But no, I'm not concerned. Um, I, th- I think, are we creating enough chances for him, is another question. Um Each of the three strikers have been in and out of the team for injuries and lack of form as well. So, I think, you know, Wolverton's hand has been forced a little bit now with chair going. So, I think he's going to play two up front a bit more is what I suspect a bit like at Birmingham where it was Gray and Dykes. And I think, Hopefully, a bit more opportunities to up front, we might see him hit the ground
2: running. Yeah. I, it, go on, Ollie. No, I was going to say, I, I, I think potentially even just getting in a Premier League youngster on loan. I mean, I was gutted when Barra got Connolly because I would have quite liked to see him come to us. Because again, you know, you look at the, the young strikers in the Premier League that are available potentially. For loan, and that's a, 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 essentially kind of a risk-free strategy where we're not spending a big amount of money. We're getting a loan signed in. You know, West Brom, we, we can't compete with them. I mean, West Brom has spent, what, £8 million on Daryl Dyke? Uh, mm-hmm. That's probably going to save them this season because they've been dropping. I just think if we were to look at look at the Premier League and say, you know, there's a young striker, you know, Millwall will link with that. I don't know if they got it. Who's that young striker from, is it City? Uh, Delap. I don't yeah, know if they end up getting yeah. him or not. Like, just young players like that, bring them in, you know, why not? Do you know what I mean? It's just worth a go, isn't it? See what we can do. Um, and it saves us having to, you know, worry about spending two mil on a striker that's not scoring goals. <clears throat> well, I,
3: I, for weeks I've always been saying our fullbacks are our biggest uh, challenge and I've actually sort of, I feel like if you get Wallace and you got Albert Moses, I saw him in training today, so... But I still think our centre midfield is an issue, and I didn't think it would be because we've got everyone fit. But I actually feel that that's the reason why it is a worry because I, am not sure that, or well, I don't know who the best centre back partnership is to move forward into the rest of the season. I don't know if Warb does, I feel like he may go field Amos, and he'll push your or and Amos, so they'll be interchangeable. You and Amos up top as that as that number ten, so you'll keep change, They'll keep changing and I feel like that's what he's going to do but obviously you've got Dazelle there who's, who's been who I think's been really good had a really good first half of the season he's just not consistent enough and he goes a bit his head his head goes a little bit sometimes um and and he, and he sort of when he's playing bad he just sort of plays really really bad um and you've also got Boly I'm not too sure where he fits in and all this but um what are your views on that Jack
4: yeah i think at the moment um i think i would try and persevere with Johansson and Field. I think that was the partnership that where we looked our best second half of last season. I mean, statistically, Johansson's not far off where he was last year. He's played 21 games this season, 21 games last season. And like, you know, looking at it, there's not much, to t- he's creating more chances this season, for example. So like, it's which is strange because, you know, he has had a bit of criticism and to the net, you know, to the eye, the eye test, you look and you think, at times, doesn't look the same. I don't know if it's just me, maybe just not not been as as effective. But ultimately, I'd still have him in the team. I think he's he's too good a player to leave out. And you know, his passing range is superb. I think Field offers a nice defensive solidity. He's good in the air, wins a lot of headers. He's looked a little bit rusty actually, but I think he's definitely someone you would play. The Amos one is a, is an interesting point. So I think it depends on the opposition. If you're away from home and you want to block the passing lines and you want to have Field and Amos covering more grounds and Johansson in front, you would do that, absolutely. Um, Dizel, I think he's a really tidy player. Again, can pick a pass like not many. I mean, Maybe only Johansson's the only one of those centre-mids that can play a pass like that. And I think Dizel will grow and grow at the club. He carries on the way he's going. I think he'll be a really good asset. But I don't think he starts for me at the moment.
0: What
3: do you
0: think for me? Um, see, for me, I
4: would my favourite two at the minute
0: to start together would be Steph and Dazelle. I think they formed a really nice little partnership in November when we went on our like good winning run. Um, I, think, I like Field. I think Field did really well for us um, last season when he joined, and I think he's like Jack said, he's not really been match fit, and he's getting that fitness back. And I think it's it's really tricky, isn't it? Because it's for me, it's those three. I think Amos is better as almost as, like an, as a sub who comes on and has that bit more energy when we need it. Whereas I think the other three are the ones pushing to that starting place.
3: Ollie would you recommend it?
2: Um, I, I get a lot of stick for, for less, not necessarily disrespecting but kind of talking about the lack of kind of quality steps this season. I think he's been a lot better recently but I think he's got to be in the team. Because he, I do think he slows play down sometimes. That's why I prefer him with Dezel Because I think oh, I, d- I like Field a lot, and I think Field's been great since he come back. And once he's reached that peak of fitness that he needs to get back to, he'll be super. But for now, I think having Dizel in there is 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 important because you know, yes, he got sent off the other day, but it's Keith Stroud, so you know, could have done anything, got sent off. Um, but I think his passing is just. I think his passing is superb. He can find room anywhere and he gets stuck in. And I, I, like, I know that, you know, he gets a bit hot-headed. It's a bit negative. I kind of like that. That Sam Adekito vibes, going two foot someone, and getting challenged. <laughs> done, you know what I mean? I, I like, I, I think our midfield's all right. Um, I think Don Ball will probably leave the club, maybe this window or, or, or in the summer. But for me, it is it's just field, Stefan. um Dezel, which two I'm still not fully convinced on. It's hard.
3: Interesting. I think if I had to step further forward to I'm, I'm, Steph, uh, prefer him. I think he's a bit more effective. He can close down. <laughs> he, he's not the massive quick. He's not quick, is he? But out of nowhere, he'll just make the, the quickest sprint. I don't know if anyone has seen, uh, noticed it. Out of nowhere, he'll just go like 100 miles an hour <laughs> and close someone down in like the 80th minute. Um, but, um, yeah, I think... I think the field still got a bit of fitness to go. But, yeah, yeah I guess it depends on the, on the opposition, doesn't it? Um, Selly D'Ang, Super percent I think we're going to miss him. Massively. Either. I've not seen enough of Jordan Archer to, to, to sort of form that opinion. But, yeah, I think he's going to be a big loss, actually. I think it's difficult because chair is chair, any But I think we're equally going to miss D'Ang.
0: Uh, I think like the Bristol City game just shows you how crucial he is. And actually that he's been getting back into the kind of form he was showing last season. Like he's making the saves where like we said like a few months ago that like he's not making those worldy saves anymore. He's just making the saves he should be making. Whereas he seems to now be putting out saves that some keepers wouldn't make. He's getting back to that kind of top end, like best one of the best best, better goalies in the championship level. For me, that's I, I, So I think he's going to be a massive miss. Like you said, we've not seen enough of archery. He's done all right in the cup games when he's played, but uh, it's going to be a tricky one against West Brom. They're quite a physical team. He's not played for a while. Like you can imagine the first couple of corners, they're going to be bashing into him left, right and centre.
4: Yeah, I agree with you, Dunk. I think um the end it'd be a massive miss and any keeper in our squad is probably quite a big drop from Dieng, and he must, you know, must have listened to the podcast because his form since then sort of picked up, didn't it? You know, no,
0: he's
4: making those really smart saves that he was doing last season, that he definitely wasn't at the start of this season. But, you know, I looked at his stats, and since the start of last season, he's made the third most saves amongst all the goalkeepers and the fifth most clean sheets. So he's he's been a really solid presence at the back, and he's good from crosses, which is a very, I think, unrate, underrated sort of quality these days. It's all about playing out the back, isn't it? But I still love a keeper that can come and claim a cross and dominate from corners. Chair, well, chair's chair. We all know how good he is on the ball. Uh, Everything runs through him. You know, again, I looked up another stat. He's been involved in the most um, passages of play that ends in an attack for QPR this season. Like 109 uh, passages of play that he's been involved in. He's either taking the shot, set the chance up or moving the most of any QPR player. So, Again, time for Willet to step up. Archer, he's he's no mug. He's got over two hundred league appearances in the football league. It's it's not like a junior coming in, but we I like you guys only seen him in the cup games for us, and uh, he's looked okay. But Championship footballs are uh, different. It's different in it to the league cup.
3: <laughs> before um, before we get into sort of you know twenty twenty one as a whole and, and 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 what our views are of that, I just wondered what your pre- early predictions were. Whether you know if you had to put money on where we'd finish at the end of the season, Ollie, what, what would you say? Is this pre signing or or uh, post? I guess just maybe anticipate what we're going to do. I think it's obvious that we're probably going to bring in yeah.
1: a
2: forward the center back and possibly a full back. I don't know. I would love to sit here and say well, makes. I'd love to say top four. I'd oh. I think we might might just scrape playoffs. I I think out the current top six, if you take out Huddersfield, I'll go sixth. If but a certain signing could potentially potentially change that. <clears throat> um, I don't know. Sixth, yeah.
3: Jack, what do you reckon?
2: Um, my, I
4: think my I think fifth. I think where we are. I think um, you know, I looked at the points projection and we're tracking a lot higher than when I came on before on the podcast. We're tracking for about 79 points at, on our current rate, which, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of factors that could change that obviously, but it means we'd, we're tracking higher than West Brom. So it would put us fourth come the end of the season. If you based it on you know, current points, points per game, stuff like that. So um, no, I think a couple of additions, players coming back in February from the African Cup of Nations or late January, I think, I think we're, Definitely one of the best sides in this division. And I think, you know, we, we said, didn't we, let's see where we are at the end of Christmas, New Year. We're fifth. You know, I think we're, we're one of the top sides in the division. I think, you know, we could get stronger. I think there's more to come.
0: Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I wrote down between eighth and fifth because I can see it going, like, if we carry on as we are, I think we could finish easily fifth, possibly even fourth. But we seem to have a little bit of a blip, don't we? And we've not really had that yet this season. And I'm worried that we're going to have a blip and I don't know how much that could derail our playoff hopes. So, I mean, like you think last season, it was December where we were, what, winless in nine. So if we do that again now, we're going to drop like a stone because there's such a tight, Bit between us and like like eighth, ninth at the minute. So I want to say fifth, and I think we're finishing the playoffs. But again, I think it is how I think the next two months are the crucial ones. I think if we can continue our form in January and February, we, we're still going to be in a good place then. I think so, even if we do have like a mini blip in say March time, that's my prediction.
3: I think it's typical QPR, isn't it? <laughs> just, who knows? I don't know. We'll just, you know, it's a bit of a... I think we'll be all right. My my view is I think we'll be all right. But we have... I always find our home form is sometimes going to be real dodgy. Like, we're just never going
2: to... I just
3: feel like we had, we had a... We, at the start of the season, we had a really good home record, but we just lost two in a row at home. score. Didn't look like scoring. And I just find... Away from home, we'll pick up enough points away from home, I think. You know, we'll lose a few, but I think we'll pick up enough... I, it, for me it's just key that we get that home form right I think clubs come to QPR; they play differently at Loftus Road I don't know they they, they you know, try and play between the lines and catch on the counter and high press and we've just got to learn to deal with that it's different away from home if you, you know so um, but I think um, a couple of you have said it siding's are key and I think also so I think there's always one club that comes up out of nowhere we've got that to worry about someone will come up from below us I don't know who that will be uh, Millwall you know I don't know uh, Burrow, Burrow looking good, aren't they? I? Yeah, I mean, Borough. Someone will be right in the mix amongst there, and I'd, you know, maybe Diaz will leave. Blackburn. I just think Blackburn will fall off. Not fall off, but they're they're in real form at the moment. That can't. I, well, it can't. But I'd, I'd I'd like to think that they'd probably fall down a bit as well. But yeah, I think so. The general, the general is that we are going to finish around. Around the playoffs. which is <laughs> don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. So, 2021. So, as a whole. 2021 as a whole. Dunk, who's been your best player? Uh, for, as a whole, for the whole of 2021. whole of 2021. I'm going for
0: chair. Because I feel like he was good last season and he's been good this season. It's like, before, like, it was difficult. Because like, when Steph and Charlie came in last January, like they completely turned our season round. But they both have had like drop-offs this season since like joining permanently. And again, like Chris willock has been immense this season, but wasn't quite that level last season. I think for me, Chair's the kind of one who's been that consistent. Like he was really good for us last year, and he's been really good for us again this year. So for me,
3: it's Chair. Any of you who that's got anyone different? Sadly, not I've got <laughs> there as well. <laughs> you all got Chair. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree. I think he's uh, he's been excellent hasn't he he's definitely taken that step up that we wanted him to do um, and um, you know I think he's our I think he's our biggest asset at the moment could argue Dickie maybe, maybe. yeah but um, yeah let's hope he, um, he he starts and does well in the old African Cup of Nations Oli who's been your surprise
2: player? Oh um, do you know what the, well, because I think a lot of the players we kind of knew what they were capable of Um Surprised? You know what? I'm more actually say I'll say uh probably done actually Um because you know he's brought in as someone that wasn't played at Burnley in the Premier League who have a pretty bad defence at the moment. I think they probably regret losing him now. I think the way he's come in and he was thrown in the deep end when Device got injured, I thought he was excellent. I think he's been excellent. I think surprise wise. I knew he would be all right. I did not think he'd be as good as, he, as he's been. I think he's been class, absolutely class. So, yeah, surprise, definitely, uh, Jimmy Dunn. Anyone got anything different?
4: Yeah, I've got Lee Wallace as my surprise play. I mean, we know he's, you know, an experienced player. We kind of hoped he was going to be better than what he, you know, he was when he first came. He, was, he couldn't stay fit. He was a bit of a liability. But in 2021, like, our points per game with Lee Wallace... Is over two points per game. Without him, it's just over one point per game, and it's quite an even split a game. So it's a good sample size. So he makes such a difference on that left hand side. He links a play with Wallace and Chair. Sorry, Willock and Chair. And his overlapping runs for someone of his age—it's pretty incredible. You just wish he could just fit a bit more. But you know, he's been my surprise player because he makes such a difference when he's playing, and he's obviously a very a uh, well liked member of the team, and influential, he a leader on the pitch. So yeah, Lee Wallace, I think he's you know he's been top this year.
3: Jack, I had Lee Wallace, and I when I thought about it, I thought um, we forget that um, this year has been like a mad year. It's been long, but if you think he's tired in four, but was in January, yeah, yeah, wasn't it? It was January that he we I, you know I'm sure I wasn't the only one who didn't think he was up to it in, in the championship, but he completely changed my mind and everyone else's mind and he's just been brilliant this whole year hasn't he when we don't have him we massively miss him ridiculously don't we
0: absolutely yeah massively
3: agree with that okay jack who's been your most um disappointing player tough one this one
4: yeah this is a tough one because we've done so well yeah but i'm gonna go join the vice um because not, not from his performances, but it's prefaced with the fact that he can't he can't get a run, in, a run of games without getting injured. And they seem to be injuries that keep him out for quite a substantial amount of time. Um no, I love the player, I think he's a great player, I just wish he could stay stay fit. So I think I've been and there's a reason QPR getting players for certain prices in the window, or you know, ability-wise, Jordy Ge- Device is a really good championship player, but the reason why maybe we could afford him. Was because he's got injury history. But no, hopefully he can come back from his latest injury and, you know, he's got a bit of a fight on his hands to get in the team, put it that way. But no, disappointed that he can't stay fit is my only gripe with him. So I, I'd have to pick him.
3: You want anything different?
0: Oh. Um, yeah, God, I had one, but um, Jack's kind of put it to bed a little bit earlier. I, I put Steph. Just because, just I love him as a player, but just it looks for like the naked eye that his performances last year, like well, the first half of this year of last year, were a lot more than what he's offered since he signed permanently. Obviously, Jack's come in and said that statistically it's not really much difference, but I don't know. They just I mean, doesn't look the same this year with him. But now, I'm not disappointed with him as such. It's, just, it's hard to pick a player who. Hasn't necessarily been at the level they were last year, if that makes sense. There was also a little. I had a little inkling about Dicky, and in fact, I know he started the season this like this season really well, but he's kind of dropped off again as well. So it's so only those
3: two kind of a drop of form rather than disappointed. I, I've, I've got to be honest. I had Jordy and I had Dykes in like little writing, um, <laughs> only because he had that really little purple patch at the start of 2021 where he scored like. Ten and twelve. I don't know what he was. It was something real good, wasn't it? Like eight and twelve or something. But I, it's a real small part of me just keeps saying he's overrated in my head, and he isn't the player that we that because he. I don't know. I'm not going to go on to that because probably a bit of rocky road. But <laughs> yeah, he yeah, was in mind. Um, favourite match. Ollie, who's what was your favourite match?
2: Um, oh, that's a hard one. I've enjoyed a lot of the games this season, actually. Well, and the whole of 2021. Um, oh, Ollie, you do know I
3: sent these to you uh, before the, the podcast. Yeah. It's not, a, it's not think, under-
2: think, <laughs> on the spot. Yeah, price, you
1: know?
2: the, the only reason why I'm struggling is because I picked one that I remember I commented on it last in the last pod and you said that pre-season didn't count. I put United game because <laughs> I love that game. <laughs> um, John, I think I think it's... I think it's probably the cup game against Everton I, I just think for thrill wise I really enjoyed it and you know I, I know I wrote down the United game I think that's just because I don't like United and I enjoyed us beating them but no I think Everton I think for me that, that game seen us win win that and after that Andre Gomez gave us the old uh, dodgy sign off that corner it just feels fantastic <laughs> yeah no Everton definitely <clears throat> Jack what, what did you have mate?
4: Well, i kind of had to split it a little bit, I to, I know, bending the rules a bit, from games where we were allowed to go to and, you know, the ones that we yeah, it's tough, did, it? couldn't go to. So I think from the first half of this year, Austin coming back, scoring against Luton, that that was superb. That was such a magical moment Austin. to see him come back and score and have, you know, us to win the game. So. That that you know really sticks in the head, and in terms of games I've personally been to this year as well. I mean, I think the Barnsley comeback was up there again, um, running theme here. Austin getting the, the, sort yeah. of the last minute equaliser, but um, no, that 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 sticks in the mind as well. That, that Barnsley comeback. Um, so yeah, there, there's been so many, so many like good good performances and good games, but those two for me. Anything different, though?
0: Well, I went for like kind of more like the emotional rollercoaster of the of the game, and that was um Reading away this season. Oh, yeah, like, that's what I went for. Like, obviously, like we were we started the game off so well. I was thinking like, God, we're over him. It's gonna be like, yes, get in. And then obviously, like, well, went three one down, and I was thinking, like, I want to go home. Why right, get me out? <laughs> and then literally to get the like, equalising like near at the last minute, like in that away end, it was just madness. Like having the away fans in the home end as well like this is the whole day was just a brilliant day like so yeah that's one for me
3: yeah I, did that. I went for um I, I, I didn't go to it but I, I think the most enjoyable game I watched I don't know why in my head is the Derby game with Andre Gray I don't know why I just remember thinking that I just enjoyed that game but I guess that leads on to the favourite goal I
1: guess
3: that'll be a lot of your favourite goals anyone got anything different yeah. Yeah,
4: I've got different. Uh, well, Willock and Gray could be either, couldn't they? For me, I've got Chervy Barnsley in that game I mentioned before, where yeah. he picked up the. It was they, I, Funny enough, they the QPR Twitter posted. Yeah. They, they did a side by side with Willock's goal, and uh, it just jogged my memory. of, oh, what a goal that was! You know, the way he took the ball around the halfway line, takes it around pretty much everyone, and then from an even tighter angle than Willock's goal, gets it in the top um, of the net. Oh, superb that goal!
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a good goal. Willis' goal was good, wasn't it? The, the, the one the other day. But do you know what I really always... I don't know I keep thinking about it. it was dykes, <laughs> Funny. Um His goal against Coventry. You know that one where... It, yeah. yeah. It was a like half volley it and it just sort of ended up in the bottom corner. I, I, I like that goal as well.
4: Um, that was his first touch, wasn't it? That was brilliant.
2: Yeah. I think I put Dickie at Millwall as well.
3: Yeah.
4: You yeah.
2: get that one, don't you? Yeah. Just drove, drove forward and just pelted it. That was top tier. Like. Oxford as well. It
3: happened at Oxford,
0: didn't um, it, in the Cup? And, and Middlesbrough, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Was that this?
4: Was that was this year, wasn't it? Yeah.
3: you yeah. could do another, isn't <laughs> Maybe we could give Dickie the, 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 the best goals. Best goal. <laughs> yeah. On, give Andre Gray the yeah. best goal. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, cool. Great. That's, um, before we go, Warburton, I, I mean, I think he's done a great job this year, what a year he's had. It's been, considering the turnaround, if you go right back into that that Norwich game, on the, you know, at the end of, last, uh, end of last year, where we didn't look like we were going anywhere, to now being, Jack, what's the points per game of 2021? Yeah, it's like 1.8 per
4: game, but, you know, in terms of pure totals, only Bournemouth have won more in the Championship this year, but they've played three games more and they've got three points more. So, you Know really points per game with a by you know the, by far the best championship team in 2021. Um, encouragingly, it's our highest calendar year points total since 2003. And yeah, we know what happened, yeah, when it the turn of the year there 2003 04 season. So, you know, hopefully the omens are good there. Um, they, they won 26 games under Warburton this year. Um, only in two calendar years have they ever won more in their history in, in the league. So, you know, it. It's been a superb year for QPR. Um, Is Warburton, um, I can't fault him. I I wanted to give him a nine. I've given him eight and a half. I still think we've left a few points. I think we've left some points on the table uh, in some games. Peterborough, um, for example. uh, Bristol City uh, at home. So, no, but, you know, he's doing such a good job. He's such a good fit for the club where we are right now. He's got a good eye for players, developing the players. I mean, the football on the whole, it's been brilliant. So, more of the same, Let's see if we can keep it up in twenty twenty two. Ollie, what would you give him, mate?
2: Ten. Ten. I, I, yeah, I think the way he turned around what we were like this this time last year, I think I think he is. I don't think there's another manager in the league that has done what he's done in terms of turning around a team that looked like the worst team in the league at one point last year. We were awful. And the way he's turned that around and bought in, you know, January, it came, there was negativity, as everything. He knew what we wanted. He bought in Steph, Austin. We ended in, what, 10th, 9th? I, you know, I was one of the people, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> And in December last year, I was like, oh, get him out. No, don't want him here anymore. But they stuck with him and I can see why now. I think he's the best manager we've had in, in years and years and years. I think... There's, there's more to come from him as well. He's working on a tight budget, which he does really well. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm excited to see what we can do with Warbs. And, you know, if we were to sneak up this season, well, see what he can do in the Prem, I'd love to see it. 10, 10, all day.
4: Um,
2: I've, I've given him an 8 out of 10.
0: But I was just thinking, like, it was nearly, it was this time last year, the uh, January, that me and Ben started this podcast up. And the first episode, I think we spent the whole episode moaning about Warburton, uh, that we probably <laughs> we probably need a new manager, uh, that we can't see where the form's going to turn around. So I think, like, we both probably do a bit of humble pie because, like, he has completely not really turned it around. I still think he could be a little bit stubborn with the formation. Like, he's trying to sometimes fit um, square pegs into round holes. But, like, you can't knock the, the stats and, like, how well we've done in the calendar year is just mad. Like and that is down to him. I know the recruitment's helped him, but like he's the one who's got them on the training pitch, he's the one who's like there every match day. So I think he's done a really good job. And like Ollie said, I think he's probably one of the best matches we've had. Probably since for me Warnock, the fun, the yeah. promotion, the, like, the promotion year. So like yeah, I'm happy with him. Let him stay for now. Like everything's rosy.
3: Happy days. Yeah, I think I gave him a nine. I, I don't think you, you can come top of points per game pretty much in the calendar year and, and not get and just not be anything other than nine or ten really. Um, but yeah, all right, lads. Well, cheers for joining, coming on. Um, have a great evening. And um, yeah, we'll um, a nice quiet one at Rotherham this weekend in the cup.
2: <laughs>
3: and then we've got a massive game the week after, haven't we? What a game that is? West Brom. West Brom. Um, yeah, let's if we get a result there. But, um, yeah, all right, that's well. Have a great evening. Yep, and you? You are. <laughs> Just starting
0: to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylert's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo
2: Zamora!
3: Unbelievable! From
0: the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has sorely scored another player.
1: If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery.